All right, we want to welcome you to our first staff conversation. And uh, in the room here, this is on uh, Wednesday morning, in the room here, uh, we have a great team of people that we're going to kind of guide you through this focus season. We've been working on this, and uh, the book is done, and you know we're trying to work through what the exercises look like and trying to figure out uh, how this uh, focus season is going to go. But we want to make sure that you guys are in on the conversations that are happening with us because we know that a lot of you really like content and uh, we've got a lot of great voices um, in the room here. Uh, we've got Marilyn and Holly and Brenna and Abby and myself. This is Pastor Corey. And today what we want to do is we want to kind of do an intro for the focus season and talk about what it means to be a different kind of community. And our text for Sunday, we're going to be using Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. And I'm going to start out by having Holly read that passage there. And if you have your Bible, you can follow along. But if you're out for a walk or however you're working on uh, listening to this, uh, whether you're driving, you might not want to pull out your Bible app and follow along, uh, but she'll read it. I'll give a few introductory remarks, and then we'll uh, hear from our our uh, staff here about some of their thoughts on it. Thirteen starts with, "You are the salt of the earth, but the salt loses its if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp." And put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it into a, in, in on a stand and gives its light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. All right. Now, this should be a pretty familiar passage to, to most people. I know that those of you around the table here uh, know it really well. But here are some of the kind of details to remember about this passage. And the first thing is, is that this is actually situated toward the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. And we've talked about this before. In essence, the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus giving the new law to God's people. Now, if you remember, uh, Moses went up on the mountain mm -hmm. and got the law from God. And now what Matthew is doing is, is he's creating this scene that looks a lot like Moses giving the law to the people of Israel. Now, if you remember, the job of the people of Israel was to be God's representatives on earth. To, to carry the blessing that he wanted to give to the world. It was, they weren't chosen, you know, just for salvation. They weren't chosen to be against the rest of the world, but they were actually chosen to carry the blessing that God wanted to, wanted to give to the rest of the world. And the law was intended to shape this community into the kind of people who would know and love God and be uh, a light to the nations. And so now Jesus is carrying that on, and he's actually speaking this to his 12 disciples. Now, the reason that Jesus chose 12 disciples is that it's representative of the 12 tribes of Israel. In essence, what he's saying is, is I'm creating a new Israel. Now, I know that there are, there are some people who would say, or, or at least kind of intimate, that America is the new Israel, the new God's chosen people, uh, but it's actually not the case. It's the, it's the church. 
The church is God's new uh, people, God's new representative. And so what Jesus is doing is, is he's saying anyone who is my follower, this is sort of the, the new law. And, and by law, you know, we're not talking about necessarily individual con- commandments, but it's talking about these are the kinds of people that you are to be. This is how you best represent me in the world. Okay, and so that's who Jesus is talking to. And, and his primary message here is to say you have to be different. You have to be distinctive. Now, one of the things that I've appreciated about Brenna uh, over a lot of our conversations that you have not been privy to is that she's often reminded us that when Jesus talks about the world or when, when, uh, when he tells us that we need to be different, it's not just the world. It's not just the pagans that we need to be different from. It's also religious establishment you know because there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that happen within religious people that Jesus says needs to be reformed and if you actually if you go through the rest of the sermon on the mount a lot of that stuff is primarily religious things mm-hmm. you know so yes we need to be different from the world in many ways but we also need to be different from what we were or different from our natural tendencies or or the way that sort of prevailing notions have creeped into the church to make us um, not what Jesus has called us to be. Um, and so, I don't know, maybe, maybe one of the questions that I would have for you, and I didn't prepare you for this ahead of time, uh, but why do you think it, it seems like Jesus oftentimes reserved his harshest criticism for religious people? All right? Why do you think that is? The focus is not on God. It is focused, the focus is more risk ritualistic uh it's more uh legalistic and it's just a bunch of rules it's Mm -hmm. not the focus in the attitude it's not on obedience to god yeah so we saw how easy it was for religious people to miss the point Mm -hmm. and make it about something that it was never intended to be about yeah yeah i think there's also barriers that are inherent in some of what you were saying marilyn like our religious structures tend to put up barriers between people and actually connecting with god mm-hmm. and it would make sense that god and jesus would have a problem with that <laughs> sure. yeah and i think that there's a there's a power dynamic i mean i think that when jesus comes in kingdom theology he's coming in I mean, the entire Sermon on the on the Mount is a referendum on the Pharisees. It's a referendum on you have made this list of rules that teaches who's in and who's out, and you have used it to manipulate people and to make them feel like they're not enough. And I mean, the the first the Beatitudes is like it's all about valuing the people who have been excluded, and mm-hmm. you know this whole passage about salt and light, like. It's about, like, who you are and who you were created to be and your intrinsic value and finding that. And then and then being the light that, like, illuminates that in everybody else. And religiousness, like, it's all about doing this and doing this and doing this to avoid punishment or to be, to prove that you are the holiest. Mm-hmm. I mean, throughout all of even, like, the letters of Paul... The whole fight between everyone that has come out of Judaism is like, they're just trying to get to the top. Like, even the disciples are like, who's your favorite, Jesus? Who gets to sit next to you? Like, it's, it's, it had become competitive and power mongering, you know? Yeah, so, um, you know, I think that, that 
points to one of the keys is that oftentimes religiosity tends to be self-focused rather than God-focused. Mm, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm doing this to benefit myself. Now, you know, there, there, there are philosophical debates on whether it's possible to, to be completely um, unselfish or not having any kind of, you know, sort of selfish motivation. Like, for instance, you know, we all want to end up in eternity with God, right? So there is, you know, probably a little bit there. Uh, but uh, but um, ultimately, you know, that's a real danger of, of religiosity um, is uh, self-focus. Um, we use the word self-righteous mm-hmm. um, in that when really the, the point of religion is to, to be a way for us to be able to connect with God on a, on a personal level, mm-hmm. you know. And I think so when Jesus criticizes, it sounds like, um, what you're saying is uh, is that it, it tends to be self-focused. It tends to be about the rituals. It tends to be about the, you know, in our case, the soul train, about the spiritual disciplines. That I, you know, if I'm better at praying, if I'm better at reading scripture, if I'm better at Sabbath, then God will be happy with me. And so then I'm okay. Um, and it's not really about that. You know, it's about a means to, to be able to connect with God in a, in a real and, and relational way. When you look at the properties of salt and light, I mean, salt, like when you eat it, you it makes you thirsty, but also like you want more salt. Like in light, it's like you're, you're drawn to the light. So I, I, I think like looking at this passage, it's like we're drawn to, we're drawn to those things. And so I think that... that that that's what Jesus wants from us is to, to live a life that people are drawn to him mm-hmm. through through that and that that's kind of how he's illuminating um, salt and light within this passage. Interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a great great segue and that's kind of what I, where I want to go from there is to talk about Jesus uses these two metaphors. He says you are salt and you are a city on a hill. Okay, you are you are light. Um, and and so what is he trying to say by using those two metaphors? And, and actually, Holly, you. Uh, said something there that I'd not really thought of, that salt makes you thirsty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's never been kind of part of my explanation there, but I think that's interesting. And light kind of draws people to it, especially if you're in, in a place where um, it's really dark. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. kind of disorienting, you know? And so yeah. when you have some light and you're able to see, it sort of draws you there. Maybe why in horror movies people are always drawn to the light, even though they <laughs> even though they know the monster or the killer or whatever is there, they still want to go to the light. So, but but when you when you think about those two metaphors, salt and light, you know what comes to mind? Salt is a preservative. Mm-hmm. It's used as a preservative, and it's used for so many things. But when we consume it, as Holly said, it does make us more thirsty. Therefore, it'll if we uh, if we are the salt of the earth, that means we we are self preservation. We have self preservation. We have a natural thirst for what is good, mm-hmm. uh, and it helps us grow into and preserve us through 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 our families, through uh, the church. So we can be obedient to the word because mm-hmm. God is light there is no darkness in him mm-hmm. so we use uh, what he's saying here we can always be directed toward him mm-hmm. because we don't want to go you look backwards we're going to turn to a pillar of salt and we're not good for anything because we're going back into the darkness yeah. mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm gonna sound like a mega nerd here. I wrote a book on how salt has impacted world history. <laughs> and it like salt literally changed the world when people all of a sudden had the ability to pickle and preserve things. Like in a world where we didn't yet have refrigeration or things like that, that was revolutionary. And it's something that like, it changed the world in such a way that salt became valuable. Like it, salt was what Roman soldiers were paid with. So, I mean, I think there are also things that we could draw into this conversation and say like, salt like the actual physical salt has changed our world and in the same way we as christians as salt are intended to change the world as well mm, yeah yeah um, so i think like this is where most preaching on this passage goes is like let's analyze salt and right. let's analyze light and i think that those are good because that's how we pragmatically maybe live out how we respond to this verse yeah but i feel like the, one of the tying points between these two these two metaphors is like if your point is that you are salt and you're no longer salty mm-hmm. what are you good for right and mm-hmm. if your point is that you are light and then you put a bowl on top of you why do you exist yeah. right and, and random on the Pharisees like why does your religiousness exist? Like this whole idea that like I exist to not be to be in the world, but not of it. Right. Like we spend all this time trying to prove that we're not in the world, right? But like, but but why do you exist? And, and I think that 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 it's the essence of who you are. Like when we love Jesus and He, like our soul training changes us to look like him to think like him to act like him to react like him to all of the things that we are become who he is then our existence in the world preserves things right Mm -hmm. and and when light doesn't like light doesn't chase darkness darkness flees Mm -hmm. right like it's not about like where light is darkness doesn't get to do anything darkness is the absence of light and so like you have to not be you you have to not be Jesus in order to not do what he created you to do. And in this system that he's coming against in this passage, the Pharisees had made religion that was opposite of who God is, mm-hmm. right? And, and when we are so concerned <laughs> that we're not the world, like we do, we create this little bubble of all of these do's and don'ts and all of these things, and we pray so that we can check it off the box, yeah. not so that we can become more like the essence of the lover of our souls, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's all about becoming who we are and then lighting the world with that mm-hmm. and like impacting the world, not from what we do, but from who we are, yeah. like in essence. Yeah. I have one more thing to say about mm-hmm. that briefly. We're all connected with salt. Our blood is liquefied with saline, which is salt water. If we think about it, he's trying to show us how to preserve a nation, okay? We're all connected. Therefore, by us being connected with salt, we should be leading those to the light. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so, so the theme that I hear, and I hear a lot in, uh, in what you're saying, Brenna, is that um, when, when Jesus talks about being distinctive, he's not talking about being distinctive for our sake, you know, mm-hmm. to prove how great we are, yeah. but we are actually distinctive for the sake of the world. 
right? And that, that was the purpose of Israel, to be the kind of people that, that can be trusted with God's blessing and God's message to the rest of the world. And in the same way, the church is that way too. Any, re, any way that we are distinctive is not just for us, yeah. but it's to give glory to God. You know, at the, at the end of that, you know, we're a city on a hill. Uh, so let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and not give glory to you, Okay? but give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Yeah. Okay? So any change that happens in us, any distinctiveness that happens in us, it, you know, happens because uh, for the sake of the world, for the sake, uh, for the benefit of the people who are around us. Well, and it comes from, like, so the idea that, like, we feel like we need to make ourselves distinctive, Yeah. like salt is salt, right. and light is light, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, we come, like, I'm, I'm not going to live like the world. I'm going to do all of these things to, so that my actions prove that I'm not. But what Jesus is talking about is, like, I am, in essence, going to change my own appetites and my own thirst and who I am as a person. Yeah. And then just existing in the world, I'm going to be distinctive. Mm. Not because I have to anything, but because yeah. the love that is in me is so encompassing that I will pray for those who persecute me mm-hmm. and I will walk the extra mile with somebody who is oppressing me because yeah. that is who I am now, not mm-hmm. because I feel like I have to. Yeah. Yeah, so it's about it's not just about trying harder, it's about becoming a different kind of person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And then we talked about being a different kind of community. What does it mean for the church to be a different kind of community that just naturally does the things that God calls us to do? Right. So let's let's get a little practical here. And, and so the question is, and I've given you a little bit of time to think about this. What should be different about Christians? I mean, should we wear, you know, different kind of clothes and listen to different kind of music or, you know, or, or is there something different that that Jesus is asking of us? So everything that I see in the Sermon on the Mount is heart change. Yeah. Like you know, you've heard it said, don't do this. Mm-hmm. And I have said, you know, you've heard it said, don't kill people. I've said, like, in your heart, you need to not hate them. <laughs> like, you need to love people so much that you could never kill them, mm-hmm. right? And and I think, um, I think that what the church needs to be is we need to be motivated differently. We need to be... We need to have a heartbeat that is totally different than that, that is for others and not for ourselves. That is for God and in God and from God. Like I think all of the all of the um, soul training stuff that we're doing, the whole point of why it trains you, like running on a treadmill doesn't help you just because your legs are moving. Like, I mean, it's all about like changing how your systems work, changing how you metabolize things, changing how it's your resting heart rate that actually burns those calories later Mm -hmm. because you've changed the dynamics of how your body functions. Mm -hmm. And praying is about being in the presence of God and soaking in him so that the next thing that your eyes see, his brain turns on, not yours. Right. And like, I just think, I think that we need to really look at what motivates us and what our thoughts are driven by and how love changes us because we have to love differently than anybody else does. Mm-hmm. I, I was uh, 
I was thinking the same thing. We need a heart transplant. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't change the heart, we, can, we won't change. Therefore, all those things that, that are keeping us from being who we were created to be, be obedient to God, help others go toward the light, be the salt of the earth, because we are the salt of the earth. But if we don't change the heart, we won't be able to accomplish any of that. So I think, for, for me, I think it's understanding that our perspective is the kingdom of God. So, like, understanding that there is, like, understanding who God is and what matters to Him, and then aligning ourselves to that, and then letting it flow into heart. So, for me, it's from head to heart of understanding, like, what matters to God and who He is, and from that, letting that transform me through practices, through, like, letting his word, you know, shape me and, and letting, letting that kind of be the process and how I approach God and understand, you know, what it looks like. And then I think that that flows into the community, you know, like the, how we live and how we operate, that's contagious that we, we're not, we're not, we're individuals, but in community, like we are so socially oriented that how we operate impacts one another. And, um, and so just understanding that it's not just how we live impacts those around us and, and what matters to those around us. And so us as individuals aligning ourselves to God and then letting God collectively transform us through that. I really like that. Like, I love that idea that, like, what matters to God needs to matter to us. Mm. And I think that that's, like, the reboot in this is, like, they had decided that this mattered to God. But really, the reason that it mattered to God was this. And, like, finding the why behind some of our rules. Like, you know, like, even in the old law, you know, it, the idea of, like, a kinsman redeemer. Like, it existed because God valued women and didn't want them dying in the streets. Mm -hmm. Not, you know what I mean? And, right. like, mm -hmm. and all of those different things of, like, understanding the really the root heart of who our God is and how his heart beats mm -hmm. is so different and I think like I think that we yes like if there's head to heart to action like we just want to play down here in the action space right because mm -hmm. it's measurable and it's easy but I really like what you said that's really good so where are where are some of those you know you said we we get that so we obviously you know as as Christians um we kind of learn the heart of God, yeah. certainly through the Holy Spirit, but also through Scripture, mm -hmm. you know, as our source. But what are some of the source, other sources that, that we have a tendency to be influenced by that sort of set us astray um, in, the, in the world today? Because one, one of the things we're going to talk about is being shaped by Scripture, right? Um, going to Scripture to figure out what kind of people I'm supposed, what kind of person I'm supposed to be, or what kind of people are we supposed to be, okay? And we go back to the heart of God because we, you know, think that in Scripture, you know, that's where we find it. But I think oftentimes we're influenced by other things in society. And what are some of those other things that, that influence us and kind of get us off track as a church or as individual Christians? Yeah, I think some of the importance of what we're doing in this soul training with a community focus is with that kind of question in mind, because we are deeply influenced by the people that we're in proximity to. Mm -hmm. You tend to become like the people that you are closest to. And so if we are engaging in these practices together and doing life together, then our community is not going to be shaping us 
toward the negative things or shaping us away from scripture or the heart of God. But if we engage in these things together, ideally by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going together be shaped in that direction. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes down to like how you read scripture, right? I mean, like you can, you can read through, I mean, how many people can proof text you exactly what they believe, right? Or even like yeah. as you're reading scripture, intending to care about it like Mm -hmm. you're coming in with your worldview and you're finding every you know i can read a passage and i can even this salt and light right like we can talk about what salt is about we can talk about this but we need to understand what god's trying to say to us Mm -hmm. like what was the point why was this written i'm really excited about our scripture stuff and like learning how to see things in the context instead of in our context and I really think that even just the Sermon on the Mount is it it is Jesus doing that for the people of that day like he is he is trying to say to them like you know when he comes in like don't judge or you're going to be judged and don't take the speck out of somebody else's eye when you're hitting them in the face with the plank that's coming out of yours like he is talking directly to the cultural values of that day, which were based on, again, that hierarchy of the holier you are, the better you are, and and the more able than you are to tell somebody else that they're not good. Mm-hmm. And I think that we still do that mm-hmm. in the church. I think that mm-hmm. we, we do a lot of that measuring, and we do a lot of that, like, writing and canceling other people because we believe that we are better and they are not. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that, um, I think that we, our culture is no different than theirs. And there's a lot that you can pull just out of this passage on what we bring to the table. You know, I think so the soul training, it needs to, it needs to be from the, the top down, not just it being taught by the top, but it has to be ingrained in the leadership mm-hmm. uh, of the church because people look at the leader and they they decide how they're going to live. Mm-hmm. If your leader is pragmatic and and um, eccentric and all these type of things, the leadership is going to be it's going to follow that lead. Mm-hmm. I mean, excuse me, the the uh, the membership is going to follow that lead. So I think it's very important that we we be examples of who we should be according to scripture and if we can't do that there needs to be a process to where okay maybe this is not the leader that we need but so many churches are these days the pastor is the leader is is you know what he wants how he uh managed the church that's the way it is. So people are looking at him as their Lord mm-hmm. instead of instead of uh, a, a, a shepherd. So I think we need to, uh, as Christians, adopt the Beatitudes. Go to 1 Corinthians where Paul uh, lined out who we are and what we shouldn't be doing. So uh, I think it's so important that we... We have to stand up and stop being afraid to be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have to stand up and not be afraid to be different. Yeah. So I think going back to the question of like what influences us, I think the news, I think, you know, what are we watching on social media? Like, I mean, all of the, like our site is so full of information. And so like what information are we consuming? And I think 
like through the pandemic, what I realized and had to check in myself is like how much negativity I was taking in and, and, and checking that and like going back to scripture and what does it say? Well, Philippians four talks about what we should think about. And it's, it's not negativity. It's thinking about what's noble and what's good and excellent and praiseworthy. And it's this list of stuff. And so going back to scripture and saying, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what scripture says. So I need to make an adjustment in, in how I'm thinking and, and checking that. And so that's one way that you can kind of take what, what you're seeing or what the world is presenting and then align it to scripture and, and see where it, where it lines up. Yeah. To take, to take scripture as the, as the foundation right. and everything else that you take in to kind of filter it through the lens of scripture, right. you know, rather than the other way around. Right. right? Uh, because we all tend to do that with, with many different issues. You know, we <clears throat> go with what we want to believe. We go with yeah. what society tells us mm-hmm. and then we try to find ways to justify it in scripture. And, and all of us do that mm-hmm. um, in many different ways. But, but one of the goals is, is for us to, to go to Scripture and try to, uh, try to use that as the, as the foundation piece. You know, and I don't know that we can do it perfectly. Right. You know, we all have a perspective that we come from. We all have a worldview that we come from. You know, but, but the goal is to try to see it through the eyes of Jesus and through you know, what, what God is telling us. One of the things I really liked about, about your message um, a couple weeks ago Marilyn is is just being so solid on that point that the measure of of how you're doing as a Christian is how well you love people, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I thought I thought that was one of the things that that for me came through loud and clear. And I think it's I think it's true. You know, am I the kind of person who can love my neighbor as myself, who doesn't have to try really hard or think about it, but eventually can get to that point where it's just natural for me that love for my enemy, love for my neighbor, love for a stranger, you know, that just flows right out of us. And I think that's really, that's really the goal. I mean, if we, if we make that, you know, we've been talking about big rocks and small rocks, you know, if we make that the big rock, Mm -hmm. you know, then we can fill in the small rocks Mm -hmm. around it. Uh, but if that's the big rock, I think that's where we start to get to the to the heart of God. Yeah. Right. And I think that the root of that is self-interest. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I mean, when Jesus comes through, I mean, through this whole passage, through his entire walk, like, consider others better than yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if somebody asks you for something, if they want to sue you, give them double the settlement. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, you're like, it is it. You exist. Everything about who you are, your saltiness yeah. exists for the preservation of other people. Yeah. It and and I think we read scripture wrong when we read it for our own um when we try to use it so that we can get anything for us. Because yeah. that's a hundred percent like love is about other people. And it's and it is in how God love like we get God loved us. Like that's our that's our receiver. Right. Like everything else about us, everything about why we were created is for the benefit of other people, which was antithetical to the Pharisees. Yeah. Right? Like everything about religiosity at that time yeah. was the opposite of that. And yeah. that is the kingdom of God came to break that in half. Yeah, this is this is why uh, I, I'm probably going to get into the, into the weeds here, maybe get in trouble, but but this is why I think like mask mandates, right? How how people look at that, uh, look at the issue of wearing masks is really fascinating to me, especially how Christians look at it, because there there's a group of Christians that say, "Don't take away my right, you know, my right to do what I want to do." Mm-hmm. All right, um, and but then there's the other side of it that says, "You know what?" 
I don't really like wearing masks. I don't like wearing I'm just going to tell you, I don't really like wearing a mask, you know. But if there's a chance that by doing that, I can show love to my neighbor mm -hmm. and I can preserve their life by not giving them COVID potentially, mm -hmm. you know, then that should be like the number one consideration that I make, not my constitutional right. freedoms and, right. you know, right. things like that. It's how am I loving my neighbor, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's the heart change that needs to happen, not just with masks, but with just anything else right. um, in the world. So so we've got, uh, over the course of the next, I guess, six weeks, we'll do an intro and then five weeks of, of soul training. We're going to look into five topics and practices, uh, the practices of worship, of prayer, of being shaped by scripture, of Sabbath and uh, of biblical hospitality, all right? So I'm going to go around the circle here and ask you, which one are you most looking forward to? Like, which one are you really excited about studying? And I want to start with Abby. I really love Sabbath. <laughs> I love, like, as a doer and a person who's inclined toward responsibility and checking things off of the list, as hard as Sabbath can be sometimes, I really love the fact that God built that into who he expects us to be is that there's yeah. one day where like you take all of the pressure off of yourself and remember and spend time remembering that he is God yeah. and I'm not. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Brenna, how about you? Uh, scripture. A hundred percent. Like yeah. I, um, I mean, you know, I've been studying scripture for 35 years <laughs> and like every single time that I get into it, I see something new about the God that I love. And yeah. just like, I'm, I'm somebody who sees every person as a puzzle and like, I love digging into who people are and learning yeah. new stuff and, and to get into scripture and just see the person of God in, in all of the context and how the story weaves. Like I'm really excited for that to be something that their congregation loves and dwells on as well. Nice. Holly. Um, so I don't have just one, I have two. So prayer and then <laughs> biblical hospitality are the two that I'm really looking forward to. Like just like sitting with God and being in his presence and, and what that looks like and how that can change us. But then also just letting that pour out of us um, through hospitality and, and loving and serving people. Yeah. So. Yeah. Marilyn. Worship. Yeah. The, uh, <clears throat> because the, the climate we're in, we're not all able to be together to worship. But... How is worship uh, shaping us and we're divided? Mm -hmm. We normally come together to worship, yeah. but we can't do that. So how does that look? Mm -hmm. How does that make you feel? Yeah, yeah great. Um, I think for me, uh, it's probably biblical hospitality. Uh, because it's one that, uh, you know, when we think about hospitality, we think about Martha Stewart and um, HGTV and, you know, dinner parties and things like that. Uh, but actually, we don't realize how critical hospitality was, which means love for the stranger, um, how critical that was to how Christians are supposed to live, both in Scripture but even throughout church history, it was such a huge focus that I don't see as much focus on that um, today. And, uh, and so in a lot of ways, the reason I'm so excited about it is, is I think for a lot of people, it's a kind of a new concept that mm -hmm. we're going to have to wrestle with and grapple with. Um, because I think that I think it's one of the things that gets, you know, right to the heart 
of, of who God is, love for the stranger, love for ones who are left out and, and left behind and, and all of that. So anyway, I hope that you guys are, are looking forward to the rest of this focus season, and I hope that you get into a small group and, uh, and you're able to process this with other people, to practice the things, and that's really the point. It's not just gaining information, but the practice is what allows God to be able to work in our hearts. We make, we make space in our hearts for God to be able to work and make us into the kind of people um, who naturally uh, live the way that Jesus called us to live. And uh, so we would love to love to hear what you think in that. Um, and I guess you could uh, you could contact us um, at the church. Just go on the website. Um, we'll uh, on social media. We uh, we have a uh, a page, and we're going to make make good use of that during mm-hmm. the uh, focus season as well to allow you guys to to uh, interact. We'll also have an extra resources page, which I imagine this podcast will probably be on the extra resources as well. And and we'll give uh, you know suggestions for books to read and we'll probably make some videos with kind of further content in that but really the purpose uh, is not just learning it in our heads but it's practicing it so that we can become the kind of people that God is calling us to be so thanks for joining us